0: We're listening to the Hanging with the AD podcast, where we break down hot topics in athletic administration
1: and lessons learned through leadership. Now, here are your hosts, Josh Matthews and Don Baker. Today, we stay a little closer to home and travel to Loachapoca, Alabama, and sit down with Albert Whedon, Jr., a CMA, who not only serves as the athletic director at Lochipoca High School, but leads the Indians as their principal. Lots to learn in this one, so let's settle in and get to know Mr. Albert Whedon, Jr.
0: Mr. Whedon, we're so glad to have you join the Me for this episode of Hanging with the AD. I know your summer's really busy, so thanks for taking time to join us.
2: Hey, thank you guys, man, for having me. I'm looking forward to it.
0: yeah, it is summertime. I don't know when this uh, is going to air, but probably be more in the fall when school started back. But we're uh, recording this during our summer vacation. But uh, for our listeners, Mr. Albert Whedon Jr. is the athletic director and principal of Lochapoca High School in Lochapoca, Alabama, which is geographically a little southwest of the auburn Opelika area there in Alabama. Albert is active in NIAAA as a member of the Diversity, Equity and Inclusion Committee. And in 2015, he earned his designation of CMAA. So congratulations on that accomplishment. Uh, But I'm going to stop right there and and let him tell us a little bit more about his journey through the world of athletics. Albert, we like to start the show what we call the back of the baseball card bio. So, If you could take a minute, tell us what the back of Albert Whedon Jr.'s baseball card would look like.
2: Okay, well, it's real simple. Um, Albert Wheaton Jr. from Andalusia, Alabama—that's my hometown. I'm originally from Troy State University, I'm a Trojan man. Went to Troy University. I'm uh, very proud of that. Started my athletic career as far as coaching and teaching over at Shaw High School in Columbus, Georgia. Uh, worked for Charles Flowers. Uh, got learned a lot about, I guess, myself and athletics. Moved on from there to to Atlanta, Georgia, at Tri City High School, and moved back to Alabama to Enterprise High School, and now I'm the principal and athletic director here at Lochipoca High School. Our school actually is in Auburn, Alabama. I know it's it's kind of strange because it's Loachapulka, but the school's actually in Auburn, Alabama. We're just in the county part of it. Uh, that's pretty much my bio as far as where I've, I've been and from and um, enjoy working with kids and, and student athletes.
0: All right. Well, thanks for that. Didn't realize you had some Georgia connections there, but uh, yeah. you got to work with some great guys over here in Georgia, but also there in Alabama as well. Hey, uh, we have to start off with uh, asking about the nickname. Now, we had Carter Wilson, (laughs) who you may know from over here in Georgia, Decatur. Uh, He talked about the people, in Decatur only know him as Dub. Uh, But on your Twitter page, your nickname Mooney stands out. So it's (laughs) out there. It's not a secret. It's not. Uh, Would you like to elaborate on the nickname? And it is worth noting that every great leader – has a nickname whether they like it or not somebody's right. going to call you something at some point in time right
2: something. hey ain't no doubt about it but my nickname is real simple it's mooney m-o-m-o-o-n-e-y um i got it when i was a little baby so I'm, all the listeners out now you're getting a little golden nugget from me as a child when i was a little baby i was like big uh don't want to say fat but i was a big baby and i had moon pie jaws so all the little women that, you know, at the church or, you know, just come up to my mom and say, oh, look at those little Moon Pie cheeks. So my aunt called, started calling me Moon Pie and she turned it into Mooney. So <laughs> that's how the name originated uh, back in Andalusia, Alabama. My Everybody was calling me Moon moon Pie face because my face was so big. <laughs> and uh, ironically, my brother's nickname coming up, they just start calling him Poony, So Mooney and Poony. <laughs> <laughs> Take a
1: little combo deal there.
2: That's yes, good. Sure it he was next born. So he got the, the, the rhyming names. That's
1: hilarious. Now, yeah. you know, I think that leadership is not permission to do less, but it's signing up to do more, right? Yeah. Um, and we've had a lot of distinguished guests on our show. We have a good variety of professional titles that have followed those guests, but you're the first AD slash principal that we've spoken to. And, you know, I think that that's a very unique combo. I think somebody may even call that a unicorn, right? I I don't even know. I don't know how many of AD slash principals there are across the country. Uh, How did that come about and how do you manage to do what are presumably two very labor intensive, tough jobs?
2: Well, I, when I first, um, I guess was recommended for the principal position. I talked to my superintendent because I had a lot of athletic director, experience and I said hey you know what about making me the, also the athletic director at the school when I'm coming in I said you know I definitely will have the influence of st- teachers you know and students but if I can have the influence of the student athletes and the coaches too I said all that kind of ties in together you know I have a coaching philosophy you know leadership is kind of coaching folks for is my philosophy so he said well that's something to think about he said but be careful what you ask for right <laughs> pretty much what he said I said well hey I'm built for this you know I've been doing athletics all my life and um so no, ma- no matter what as a af- as a principal you're going to be there anyway you know most of the time so I'm going to be covering it, the um, athletes events anyway dealing with the problems when coaches can't handle it anyway so I was like okay you know let me go ahead and do both roles and it worked out great you know um you know I, I get to see more of the community. So, cause I'm out there as a principal and I'm also out there as an athletic director. So it's kind of, it works hand in hand, uh, you know, throughout my, throughout my day.
0: That's uh, quite an ask. Like you, like he said, be careful what you ask for, but yeah. uh, I tell you, it's, it's uh, you, you make a lot of good points there that the principal combo you're, you're already doing some of that. If you're doing the principal job the way you were going to do it anyway. So right. it's um I, I imagine that people really respect that uh, of you down there and, Uh, adds a lot of value to uh, you as a principal, but also probably adds a lot of value to your coaches there seeing what you do for the full school. So that's really cool.
2: It does. And um, like I said, you know, it it gives them an opportunity to see me more. You know, when you think of the principal, you don't, you only see the principal, somebody's in trouble or is a situation or a problem. I'm out in the community all the time. So, you know, I get a chance to meet you know, the parents, stakeholders in different capacities, not as just the principal, but also as, you know, the athletic director who has the best interest for your child for athletics and just building relationships. So I'm building, building relationships and allows me more opportunities to build relationships with different people, you know, even the ones who might not like you, but you still can build a relationship with those people. Do you find that that is a... That, that has helped you? Because I think
1: that in a lot of scenarios, people see the principal, right? Everybody right. sees, you know, I'm, in, I'm going to the principal's office. There, there's like a negative connotation with that. And I always saw my, my role as the AD, I'm kind of like the fun uncle. Like I, <laughs> I got, you know, everybody likes athletics and they, they enjoy that role or whatever. Do you feel like that has helped you being the AD has helped you as people view you as the principal there? Oh, 100
2: percent. You know, it it has helped me in this role and it's helped me build relationships, you know, with those parents, with those stakeholders and with students, you know, because they're going to see me all the time. Mm -hmm. And they know that I'm there, whether I'm seeing them in the classroom, dealing with leadership in the classroom as a principal or in the hallway, or I see them in the locker room, I see them in the ball field. Oh, I see them in a sporting event. No matter where I'm at, they know that I'm there. So they know they're going to have to act a certain type of way, too. And they also know that they can come to me and talk to me about what's going on. That's good.
0: Yeah, that's good. Now, now, Albert, you said – I want to keep going on this a little bit. You said you have a coaching philosophy from that background in coaching. Mm -hmm. But then you turned around and said they get the opportunity to see me more – as the principal, right, not going to that principal's office and getting outside the principal's office. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to put you on the spot here, sure. and you may not be able to choose. Are you a principal who is also the athletic director? Are you an athletic director who's also the principal?
2: I'm more of the principal who is also the athletic director because my job is based off, you know, student academics, student performance. So that's my primary role. But at the same time, I get to use that role. And also mix in being the athletic director, which allows me to build those relationships. Cause that's part of the that's part of the problem here, just anywhere in general in America. We have to build better relationships with our students, you know, with our families, our stakeholders, our community members, no matter what side of the fence they're on, we still got to build relationships with them. Serving as a principal, they know that I'm in charge of the school, but also having an athletic director's side, you know, and that coaching ability. I can also pull in some of the things that they like to do, you know, get some of their advice for student athletes, things they want to see happen. They will know I got to go to Mr. Wheaton no matter what. So they feel more comfortable coming to me, even though I'm the principal, but we're talking about athletics.
1: I think, too, it it allows you to be able to speak to the power of what athletics does academically. Right. Oh, You you know, the power of those kids that are the the tools that they're learning in the venue of athletics how that translates to them doing better in the classroom oh
2: 100 we we, right. we push act scores here at the school with our students and being able to push that for our 10th and 11th graders for act at the same time okay on the student athlete side of it okay you know need to have this act score they know the important importance and the value of it also from an athlete and from the student side of it and i get to you know kind of put all that together into one and that kind of motivates the kids. They know that, Hey, Mr. been pushing the ACT for the schools for his academics, but Hey, if I'm trying to pay college, this is what they're looking at. You know, if I'm trying to get scholarship money, this is what they're looking at here in Alabama is that ACT. So it kind of helps me out a whole lot.
0: That's good. Hey, one last question, if you don't mind here. Sure. I know you, and we're going to, I've got a question later on about your school size and y'all are a smaller school. Yes. But is there one, trait or characteristic or habit you've had to create to be able to balance doing both of those jobs?
2: Not at all. I have my schedule is set. That's the only thing I do. I set my schedule and and everybody knows my schedule now. As far as academics, athletics, principal, athletic director, for an example, we have time here for 30 seconds. I'll give you my schedule. The time for coaches to see me is first thing in the morning because I'm out there in the hallways. I'm seeing students. I can just get a climate of how things going to be for that day, you know, and at the same time, I'm talking to students, "Hey, about the game last night, or Hey, about ACT test tomorrow," all at the same time. First thing in the morning, when they get off the bus or arriving in the parking lot, because I'm walking around, you know, just trying to just trying to get a pulse for how things going to go. But at the same time, I'm talking to students, I'm talking to teachers, I'm talking to coaches, all at the same time. And then when that bell rings for you know eight eight thirty, all right, it's time for classes. I'm in teacher classrooms throughout the day. You know, I'm just doing Maintenance thing, operation type things. Lunchtime comes. Okay, I go out into the cafeteria, out in the hallways. You know, just talking to students about school, academics, athletics. So that's from about eleven thirty to about twelve thirty. Go back into that admin mode as far as principalship from twelve thirty to about two o'clock because our athletic period starts at two. About 215 for athletes. So the coaches know at that time I know Mr. going gonna be walking around checking in on my area from 215 to 3 o'clock. Bell rings, school's out, get those kids on the buses, get them out in the parking lot to their cars, go home. The faculty staff know they got 30 to 45 minutes out of school to see me as far as teaching things. Boom, 3:30, 345. I'm back on the athletic trail, going through practices, going through locker rooms, just doing whatever we got to do, get ready for a game, whatever. And that's my day right there.
0: That's great. I love listening to other people talk about their schedule and hearing what, hearing what their day looks like. I think that's important for us yeah. to know what our day looks like. And, and it's cool to learn from other people. Oh, yeah. I, I think the moral of that story there is, though, whether you got your AD hat on, or your principal hat on or both. Uh, right. It's about those relationships of students being visible, being yes. present, having access and, and being out and about. Uh, so no matter what title we have, uh, being with our students is probably the most important thing. There.
2: Oh, yes, absolutely.
0: Good. All right, Albert, I'm going to change gears just a little bit uh, just to get your thoughts on this. There's a short quote I read recently, and it goes like this. Leaders are learners. I'll say it again. Leaders are learners. What is something significant you have learned lately that has improved your leadership style? I think
2: being open to all the students, no matter where they come from, no matter what their background and situation is. This time in our society now, we're kind of overreacting. You know, we're trying to judge people. You have to let people show them show you who they are, you know, absorb that, take that in and kind of go from there. You know, as leaders, we can't just overreact to different things, especially when you're dealing with students. Uh, You know, you're dealing with they're going to make mistakes. They're going to do things that they shouldn't do. So as leaders, we have to take the opportunity to take it in what they did. Whoever that person is, let them sh- show me who you are. So now we can sit down and try to, try to assess the situation and talk to those students to make them better in whatever they tr- decide to do. Ultimately, we can't make that decision for them. It's a learning experience. We had to t- take the time to sit down and talk with them to let them know, hey, this is how you should do it. or This is how we want you to try to do it and let them come to the conclusion that, hey, what you did probably wasn't the best way of doing it. This is probably the best way to try to do it. So we need to you know, kind of calm down, you know, take things in and kind of you know, go from there, not trying to jump to a conclusion or trying to get to that social media post because somebody posted something about you or sent something to you. Just calm down. You know, it's, it's we have time to, you know, to fix this thing.
1: You know, I think that that's really good. I read something recently that it was it was talking about the AD role specifically, but it it can apply to leadership in general. This idea that we're not necessarily coaching, right? So mm-hmm. It, it is a results-based industry, so right. there there aren't really wins and losses with us, but that's a win for us. You see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you know, bit that relationship piece, uh, you know, getting on a kid's level, better understanding where a kid's coming from, that's a win for us. You know, for the AD, you know, an event going off as it should go off, that's a win for us. You know, it's it's an alternative win, but that's what you're doing right there. I think that that's great. I
2: think, man, you, you hit it. It's a win for us. And you can look at it in a negative or a positive, no matter which way you look at it, look at it as the athletic director in a leadership role. It's a win because if it was something negative, we can go fix it, come together. And that's a win because it's a learning situation for whatever that negative was. If it's a positive, we can kind of talk about it. We can assess it and go forward with it. So no matter what, I think as educators, once we calm down, assess, assess it and, you know, and find that, that right avenue and right path, it's a win all, the, all every day. That's good. Now,
1: we noticed you recently commented on the 30 for 30 title Dream On that ESPN uh, released as part of the 50th anniversary of Title IX. Yes. What stuck out from this special on the ninety six U.S. Women's Olympic team? What, what made an impact on you, you know, from this documentary and the circumstances that this group of ladies had to overcome as they strove to get that gold medal? I know me and my wife watched it, and I can't tell you how many times I said they never would have made a, a, a guy's team do that they never would have done that. You know, it, it was just such an eye-opening deal. And we've got a very athletic minded daughter ourselves, okay. you know, and we can we, we kind of saw her in these instances and how, how we would react knowing that, you know, she, she was having to travel the way they were, they were having to travel and they were right. having to do the things that they were having to do. I'd love to hear your, your, your thoughts on that.
2: Listen, 30 man, 30. Man, I'm glad you brought that up because I could talk about that all day. And I just, my son and I just watched, um, rise with Annis, uh, Giannis, um, um, uh, Um, movie but as it relates to dream on my son and my daughter both watched it with me and my son is um, 11 turns 12 on july 5th and my daughter just turned 12 excuse me 13 and it was like eye-opening just to know that these ladies had to not only battle against the teams that they was playing but in a sense battle against the own people that they was kind of working for right right i mean to see them go through that it was kind of heartfelt to know that man that they really had to go through all this just to prove their worth you know what Mm -hmm. i mean like we're in the time now it's 2022 man and these ladies defeated all odds and to stick together the ones that you know that stuck it out they stick together they bonded and no matter what they they formed a team bond and, and and team unity within each other despite what they had to go through as far as practicing, travel, not getting paid any money. I mean, it was it was like, it was was like eye-opener. And what's, what was sad to me is, I don't know about you all, but I didn't know the story. Right, you know, That kind of hurt me. Like, man, like, why is this just now coming out? Mm-hmm. Like, that was long. It was, what, 1980? What was it? 80? Whatever that was. Uh, I can't remember. 90, yeah, 96. 96. Yeah, 96. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, 96. And like, this is 2022. Like, this should have been out you know, to help motivate folks and let them see how far we've come and what we should have been doing anyway. And for my daughter to sit there and watch it with me, because she couldn't believe like, hey, daddy, daddy they, they didn't get paid. That's the kind of money they got paid back then. Like, yeah, you know, it's it's really, it was embarrassing. But at the same time, I'm glad we got a chance to see the story and, and see how much they went through and battled to get to where we are today.
0: Yeah, I think it was uh interesting you said that because one of the things that stuck out to me straight from the beginning was they mentioned, or I read or something where the NBA recorded over 500 hours of video footage during that time, during yes. that, you know, the, during that trial Olympic trials and stuff. And that was in 96. And now we have waited 25 years. Why, why didn't they put that out of the 25th anniversary of title IX? Why did they wait to the, yes. why did it take the 50th anniversary of title nine to get that footage out? <laughs> I'm, I'm like you, I didn't know anything I, about it, anything about
2: their struggles. But okay, good. I'm just, I was hoping, I thought it was just me because I, I felt kind of bad. I'm like, really? Uh, yeah. Like, wow. Like yeah. that story, everybody needs to watch that story. And if, if you're an athlete director and you're listening, if you deal with male or females, they need to watch that documentary series and watch them fully. And you need to have some conversations about it.
1: Yeah, I, I totally agree. I tell you, I asked my daughter, you know, when they said about them having to share the bus with oh, yeah. Brazil when Brazil beat them. And mm-hmm. I, I I told that to my daughter, she goes, Well, that may not have ended well for somebody, because if I if I got to share, if I got to share the bus with a team that just beat me, somebody's probably gonna get hands laid on them at some point. So you know I, I'm
2: not sure exactly how they did that, but it was a great document. I'm glad I got a chance to watch it. And um just to know, because I, I watch a lot of you know the female sports. You know, I'm big on softball, basketball. I mean, I'm in watching all these sports. And I'm like, man, I did not know that like Stanford head coach uh uh what's her name? Um, Tara. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I didn't notice she was that hard on those women, man. She was on them. And you know, but it built stronger team, built character, and to see how much she's changed through from when I watch her now with Stanford women's basketball, you know, from mm-hmm. that point on. So we all grow and um and become better.
1: That's good. Now let's talk about change for just a second. So author Mark Miller in his latest book Smart Leadership, he states that change is not the enemy. Change is our job. We must find the the courage to move forward. Leadership is about helping people and organizations move into the unknown with confidence. This confidence is a reflection of leadership. How do you approach change when it's required? What does that process look like to you uh, or for you?
2: Uh, Who do you consult when you're looking to make a change? How do you navigate it? Well, from an athletic director's standpoint with change, if I get something down from, say, the the State Department uh, for Athletics, no matter how I feel about it, this is what's gonna have to happen. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, so right. there's no need to come in with this. Well, I'm not gonna do that. Now that's not how it works. If this is coming in from the state, that means we have to implement it. So for me, I once I get the information, I like to make some phone calls to see, hey, I call a lot of friends from Georgia all the time, uh, you know, because I'm part of NIAA. So I call them Hey, how y'all doing things up here in Georgia, you know, Tennessee, Florida? I call Mike Elson, whoever. Mm-hmm. Make some calls to just see how they're doing things already. And then that gives me a kind of a pulse of how I need to implement it as far as things is going to go right, go wrong, or the next steps on anything I do. So I kind of assess it first. I don't just, I right, get it, then just throw it out there. You know, I have to take it in and call some people first to see, hey, how are you doing this? How are you doing that? Just so I know how to implement it at my school. And yeah. I, I might call a bigger school. I might call a smaller school because I want to get everybody's kind of point of view of how they're doing it. I
1: think one of the things that you just mentioned there, I know that during the pandemic, when we were looking to come back, right, mm-hmm. the athletics was going to kind of be the test to see if we could come back to school because we were right. going to come back first. And the ability to reach out to the national network, oh, right, man. getting outside of the state of Georgia, for me to be able to go in and tell you know our, our district chief of staff, this is what it looks like in California. This is what mm-hmm. it looks like in Indiana. This is what it looks like in Maine. Right. That That helped us. And, and I think that that's that is spot on what you just said. The idea of kind of getting out of your bubble to gain that information. That's
2: and that's exactly what we did. We we branched out. all, I branched out. Reached out our way to um, uh, Minnesota. One of my good friends up there in Minnesota's the athletic director, and I called him. and said, "Hey, Tony, man, you know well, how y'all doing dealing with this?" Mm-hmm. And I get information from him and just kind of put things together. You know, that's about athlete. It's about learning. You know, we learning from each other.
0: And that's good stuff. And I think so many coaches. um, kind of fall short there. And maybe athletic directors too, but this, this industry of ADs is, is much different than the coaching industry. Uh, You hear coaches all the time say, well, they're a private school. So they have different players or they're a city Mm -hmm. school. They have, they have tuition. They can get players. So, and so they're a bigger school. But what you said right there is you can learn something from anyone you call big school, small school, different state, different, different area region of the country Mm-hmm. Uh, wherever, if, if you ask the questions the right way, you can learn something.
2: Oh yes, we. I, I'm big on that now. Uh, I get some from everybody. You know, I'm on Twitter. I'm on, you know, different you know, podcast, listening to different things. So, hey, if I hear it and I think I, if I like it, I feel like I can, you know, make use of it. You know, we're going to implement it. So, and I can also know how it went because I can call that coach or whoever that is in a different region find out how things are going. Or the state association. Because some, you know, different associations have already implemented certain things. And you can ask them about it. So I'm all about that now. I,
1: you just said something I want to kind of follow up on because I think yeah. people need to understand that. When you are looking to do something, I know that when, I sit on my chair at night and I watch Braves game, and sometimes yeah. I'm very frustrated. And Josh and I have had these conversations not not why, lately, why, not why, lately. Why. Last night was tough. Okay, when you give up 14, <laughs> that's a, that's 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 tough. But yeah. w- while I sit there, you know, I'll brainstorm about things, and sometimes I'll have ideas. And the the importance of reaching out, like, like looking for people that are doing that thing, whatever it may yeah. be, right? And if you like it, reach out to them. They've done yeah. it they've messed it up and fixed it. You know, you, you don't right. have to, you know, I think they already ran the trial.
2: They, they know how it's going to go. So and it, it goes back to relationships. Yep. You have to feel comfortable reaching out, you know, and building that relationship with someone else you might not even know.
0: All right, Albert, let's talk about um, your state association a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and One of the things y'all do uniquely, I'll, I'll say, well, I, from what I've heard it's worked out well. I may, okay be an outsider and not know what I'm talking about here, but uh, Chapoca High School, we talked about is where you're at, single A school in Alabama. Based on the Alabama high school website, your school's population is 110.25 students. Mm -hmm. Now, now not to poke fun, (laughs) but on a serious note, help us understand how y'all have a quarter of a student and more interestingly and, and maybe more seriously, help us understand the competitive balance model that Alabama uses during their reclassification process. We just went through it here in Georgia uh, right. and it's going to be a hot button again in two years. Uh, so we may talk about that competitive model, a little competitive balance model, mm-hmm. other ADs here on a listing from all over the country. They may be interested in how others do reclassification. Cause I imagine it's a hot button topic throughout our, uh, our country.
2: Oh yes. Well, First, let me clarify. Like my school, Lothropoka High School, is seventh grade through twelfth grade. Some folks might not know that. So, but Alabama high school doesn't count per se, seven eighth graders. So right. they don't even count those numbers. So they only would count those kids ninth grade through twelfth grade. That's why that's why it says you know one hundred and whatever that is ten. Now the point whatever that is, I have no idea how that part is calculated, <laughs> but. That's how they do it. In Alabama high school, they start in grade ninth grade and go all the way up through 12. So whatever your population is, that's how they decide what classification you go on. Of course, on 1A, cause they got us at 110, whatever you, you said. But overall, 7th through 12th grade, we have like 200, no sixty kids. But just 9th through 12th grade, that's how many students we have. So that's pretty much sums it up. I mean. They do have a formula that they use, especially if you, uh, you know, some of these private schools have been winning like championship after championship or whatever. So they do come up with a competitive balance formula. But no matter what, you're still throwing back either your 7A, 6A, 5A, 4A, 3A, 2A, 1A. It doesn't matter. You still got to come out because there's no private versus, you know, public. It's all everybody's in there together because I think in, in Georgia might be some public schools and then private. But, um in Alabama, it's all public thrown in, whether you're a private school or not. They throw all of them in. and 9th um, through twelfth grade is you know, you might have 300 kids in seven and eighth grade, but don't matter. They're only going to calculate those 9th through twelfth grade to um, for competitive balance.
0: But if I heard it right and read it correctly, you could based on the competitive balance model for the ones who are continuously successful over and over and over again, yeah. uh, you mentioned a little bit of that. You can you put you give you bump up per sport, right? You can yes. play you can play in a different classification for baseball and football. Is that right? Right. But still, in Alabama, I'll be honest with you, all the classifications
2: are tough. Right. I mean, it's just like in Georgia. You know, it don't matter what classification you're in. You're gonna it's gonna be a dog fight. Not every you know every other year might be a a team or what so and so is down. But for the most part, it's gonna be very very competitive. But it's just something that they added competitive balance.
0: Do you think that competitive balance uh, levels that competitiveness from the lower class all the way up, uh, even with a school being in multiple classifications? Be honest Be honest with you.
2: I think only high school in Alabama, any classification can beat any classification. Okay. You can go do a poll with the high school coaches, and they'll probably tell you, hey, 7A is the highest, but 7A probably not the toughest, you know, in competition. Uh, now, it might be one or two teams in 7A that's, like, better than everybody. But, you know, as far as the entire, you know, 7A classification, then they'll probably say, well, now, you know, 5A, 60 might be tougher. But it might be one team in there that's, you know, that's pretty good, sort of like a Thompson high school to keep winning state championships. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, that's it. But, yeah, 1 through 7A, anybody can beat anybody.
0: Yeah, it sounds like that uh, that that process is working. Then, if that's the case, then mm-hmm. it, it's, there's a lot of uh, of parity, uh, uh, you yeah, know, parity across the board there. So that's correct. All right, one more question uh, before we get into our two minute drill, and it, yeah. it's it, it's about your uh, background there, uh, the National Organization of Minority Athletic Directors. Tell us a bit okay. more about that organization, maybe the role you play there, yeah. and and the role the organization plays as a whole and maybe how we can uh, promote it a little bit better.
2: Okay. yeah. um, Nomads, uh, the National Organization of Athletic Directors, Minority Athletic Directors. This would be going, I guess, like you said, in COVID, that's when this organization started grassroots. You know, it was COVID season. We couldn't do anything. You know, we had George Floyd, you know, was killed. So a lot of different things was going on, um, you know, as far as race relations and diversity, equity, and inclusion. So our founding fathers, you know, came together and, you know, put us together, our, our board directors, and we start doing Zoom calls, you know, just like calling, you know, seeing what we can do. And that time, you know, when things was kind of chaotic, we were just trying to find a calm that we can do. And that's how we formed a Nomad and you know, start doing Zoom calls. Folks start calling in and you know, giving their point of view and what we can do to help out, to be more inclusive, you know, to we can support each other, no matter your race, religion, or ethnic background. And then right now we have region captains throughout the, all the different states. And now we're doing a lot of different work uh, with the NIAAA, um, with the DEI committee, you know, that got formed also, but as far as a nomad standpoint, you know, we just, you know, started with, when COVID hit, there was a lot of chaos going on and, we just start calling on the phone like we're doing now. And the athletic directors kind of was like sharing things and how we were doing things at our school, what we was going to say to our kids, you know, about the situation. And it kind of, you know, got together, black, white, everybody was joining in just trying to find out what it, is the right thing to say. You know, what can we do enough is enough. And from that point on, we kind of branched out through all the States and we just, you know, building on that. And, um, you know, One thing we can do to help promote Nomad is, hey, you want to join? We have our website that you can join, uh, thenomadassociation.org. You know, give me a call, reach out to our directors, our board of directors. Uh, We're doing a lot of different things just to, you know, to bring more awareness and also to be more inclusive. And one of our directors said it best, uh, Anthony Thomas, is a sense of belonging. You know, you want to feel like you belong, you know, when you're in a room with people or when you're at a conference or you're on a call. You know what I mean? So those are the type of things that we talk about and try to get implemented throughout all the states. So about Nomad. That's great. And I know one of the things that we've
1: talked about on here before We on the the national call during the pandemic, UCLA's Martin Germard was on there and, yeah. uh, AD at, at UCLA. And he talked about going to an event at Ohio university where, you know, it was going to be a big AD event. And he was you know, extremely excited about going and he walks in, he's the only person of color in the room, right. uh, an entire right. banquet room. Uh, and he talked yeah. about going to the bathroom and calling his mom and being upset and, 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 and how that affected him. Um, and you talk about getting hit in the face, you know, like a, with a two by four. I mean, I know with, when I was sitting there on that call, it, it right. is it is vitally important that our kids can see themselves in the leaders in their building. Period. Oh, yeah, you're exactly you are know? exactly right. Um, and I think that 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 is is you guys are shining a light on that uh, that needs to be. Uh, and you know, I
2: appreciate what you guys are doing. I think it's, I think it's great. Hey, I sure appreciate it. And like you said, a sense of belonging. And, and yeah, we did have uh, Mr. Jo- Jarman and uh, also Alan Green was on that call, I think, too.
0: Oh,
1: great, great dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah, we we're blessed to have Alan Green on, on the podcast. And uh man, there's may not be a better professional in the business, but he's up there at the top for sure. Definitely. So uh well, Albert, uh, can we say Mooney? Uh th- thanks for uh thanks know, for spilling
2: sh- the spilling the beans on that too, Josh. Like, <laughs>
0: that's good. I, I was just, I mean, I had I had to find out. It's right there on Twitter. I said, You gotta you gotta know the story behind that. There's gotta be a great story. And Moon oh, yeah. Pie Cheeks, that's a great story. That's it, man. yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> Um, so that's that's really cool but uh, more more cool than that is all the athletic wisdom and the leadership wisdom you shared with us and it's it's obvious from this conversation that um, being principal and being athletic director is uh, not over your head that you can you're handling it both and you're making a huge impact there at Lochipoca and I, I tell you just i uh, have a huge amount of respect for you by uh, just for doing those two roles no matter how big the community or the school or the number of kids are that uh, it's two uh, very influential roles you're playing there in, in uh, Southeast Alabama. So uh, thanks for uh, being with us and sharing all that with us. And Hey, we're not going to let you get off without a two minute drill. So Don's going to, okay, uh, awesome. Don's going to kick us off with a two minute drill here. Let's do it.
1: All right. Albert, we're going to hit you with some rapid fire questions. We want you to just tell all us right. the first thing that comes to your mind. Okay. Okay.
2: What was the first job you ever had ever in your life? Working for the National Forestry, man, going out there burning woods, Whew, tough got paid to <laughs> catch
0: things on fire Man. that's cool <laughs> I'd never do it again though <laughs> <laughs> yes sir what is the strangest thing that you are afraid of
2: snakes
1: uh, I, I don't I, a, want to see them a snake could chase me around this world I'm just telling you I hate them <laughs> uh, what is the most effective daily habit of any that any leader can develop
2: just being a routine getting up in the morning early i like to get up early and keeping that consistent and at the same time going to bed early so i'll be ready and refreshed for the next day just keep that consistent both both of those times morning and when you go to bed
0: yeah randy gravis says when the first hour or when the last hour sounds like you do that yes sir what's the best career decision you've ever made
2: i would think talking to my superintendent and getting him to you know allow me to you know work dual roles as principal and athletic director. I think that's been very beneficial to my school and I think that he would agree to that too. All right, Albert, we're going to call an
1: audible here in the two-minute drill. We're going to play a game of over-under. So we're going to list some things for you. You tell us, are these things overrated or are they underrated? So you just say over-under and if you want to elaborate on why you feel that way, you can. So over-under, horror movies. Under.
0: Over-under, avocados.
1: Under, Over Under. We're taping this at the the debut of the second part of Stranger Things. So the TV, the Netflix series, Stranger Things. Over Under. Over.
0: And last one, Over Under. Dogs wearing sunglasses.
2: Oh, that's a norm now, man. (laughs) (laughs) So I guess it still would be overrated for me, but I guess underrated for folks that don't have a social media account. (laughs) <laughs> how about that that's good
1: now what what is an AD hack that you use maybe something that saves you a lot of time but at the
2: same time gets the job done Um, I would think my PRC model um, if, that, if that I guess answers the question I have a PRC model being professional building relationships and being competent PRC I live to those three things and um, that right there is just that's me up and down so I can find my way in between that PRC model professional relationships and competent know what you're doing
0: Good stuff right there. Save the best for last. (laughs) Who do you
2: text the most? Uh, Probably uh, my friend uh, Henry Adams. He actually lives over there in uh, Powder Springs, Georgia. He's a Bama fan. So we always talk back and forth about either Alabama, Auburn, uh, softball, you know, just different sport things. (laughs)
1: That's good. All right. Now, this is a, a question that we've asked our guests this season here on the podcast. If we are coming to your house for dinner, all right? So if
2: Josh and I pack up, we head your way today. What are we having for dinner at your house? Oh, we rolling, baby. I'm, I fire the grill up 24-7. So we're going to have some steaks. We're going to have some some sauces, you know, hamburgers, hot dogs, some wings. Like, we ain't just going to have one thing now. We're going to have it all. <laughs> trust me. We're going to have it all. Trust me. I'm just going to put some steaks on. No, it don't work that way.
0: Dude, I think we'd be there by uh, by three o'clock. Yeah, hey, we'll make yeah. it happen.
1: this that, that, that's, that's one that we could we could
0: take you up on. That's right. and you better get some to go place too. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I love it. I love it. All right, let's finish with this one. Our trademark question today. Albert Mooney Whedon Jr., you've been hanging with the AD, but let's say you could hang out with anyone. Who would that be and why?
2: And if I could hang out with anyone, I would be honest with you, just just as of right now, I would like to hang out with and this is on a serious note with Giannis, i watched his movie rise my son and i did and my daughter yesterday and man i will i want to have some strong conversations about you know his childhood all the things he went through and i watched in that movie just to just to hear his emotions and to see all the things he went through to get to where he is now today You know all those things we see that we see now as athletic directors don't get me wrong you know we see these things now so that will help me try to understand you know students i'm dealing with what they're going through and now him handling that success so how he's handling that now so i would love to sit down with Giannis right now based off i've been watching his movie last night because i had no idea that that guy went through all that you know he and his family you know to get here and get to where he is today so y'all need to check that movie out rise All right. We'll do it. Albert, thank you so much uh, for the privilege of
1: your time today. It was great to speak to an athletic leader in our neighboring state of Alabama. Uh, And I know that you've helped our listeners with your words today. So thanks again for the time. Thank you, Josh and Dunn. I really appreciate
2: the opportunity, man.
0: Today's episode with Albert Whedon Jr. was just another opportunity for us to learn a different way to do this profession that we call athletic administration. Most of us are in The assistant principal role, some of us are in just an athletic director only role. A lot of us probably share the athletic director role with a coaching duty. And I know there's a number of other ways that this is done. But today was a first for us. Today was an opportunity to talk to an athletic director who also doubles up as the principal of Lochapoca High School there in Lochapoca, Alabama or Auburn, Alabama. We are very grateful that Albert joined us today and was able to help us all grow and get better as he does that locally there at Lochapoca with his coaches and with his athletes and with his entire school community. Albert taught us a lot, but what he taught us was how to make sure we have a passion for our community, for athletes, for our school, and that passion showed today with Albert sharing so much of great wisdom with us. Albert, thanks for joining us. Thanks for sharing with us why you are known as Mooney. Uh, That was a great story there. It's always uh, neat to hear uh, someone's nickname story, and we appreciate that. But more than that, uh, thanks for sharing with us why you are such a great leader there at Lochapoca, but also across our country. With NIAAA and what you're doing with the DEI committee, uh, how you're a presence there at your school, whether you're wearing the principal hat or the AD hat, we appreciate you showing us how to show our community who we are and what we do there. Thanks for sharing with us that leadership is coaching and that we should all have that as a philosophy. Albert, it was great to have you on. We appreciate you uh, being a part of our podcast. And we wish nothing but the best for the folks there at Lochipoca High School. And now if you're listening, we would appreciate you stopping, sharing this with someone else. Hit that share button and, and send it out to your AD buddies or your uh, buddies who are leaders. Also, if you could give us a rating, a review, maybe connect with us on social media. We would appreciate that. We would love to hear what you think of this episode and others that you might have listened to. Thank you for listening, and as always, thank you for spending your time hanging with the AD.